You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello listeners and welcome back uh, and of course I think this time I would like to uh, especially make sure and wish everybody uh, that I hope you are all well and if you are unwell that it is uh, not COVID-19 and if it is you've only got a mild dose because uh, well let's face it we can't escape from it at the moment it's everywhere. Um, well never mind all that because uh, Rather than dwell on such miserable matters, uh, I have with me Andreas uh, Gailunas from Pixelmator. Hello, everyone. Yeah, hello. Um, Andreas was going to come on uh, on the week when my uh, power supply failed, so uh, (laughs) sorry about that. (laughs) The last minute technical failure, but he's here now, and we're going to talk, obviously, mostly about Pixelmator, and then uh, we'll have a short break to get a cup of tea, and then we'll just gloss over the stories of the week, of which there are not particularly very many. Um, unsurprisingly. So, um, well, welcome back to the show, Andreas. It's always good to have you on. Um, Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, I suppose, let's, you know, I hope you and all your family are well. Um, you know, how is it where you are as you, uh, you know, rev- regards the horrible COVID-19 misery? Yeah, all things considered, uh, things, are, things are okay here. Obviously, at least in Lithuania where we are, uh, everyone's taking it very seriously. So we've had the unprecedented steps of borders being shut um, to international travellers. We're going on Monday, a quarantine starting. So all non-essential shops, not supermarkets and pharmacies, are closing for two weeks. Uh, We've had 12 cases, no deaths. I think no serious cases so far. So all in all, um, we're okay. We're a smaller country, so everything kind of gets here a little later uh, from things like Apple Pay to deadly viruses but um <laughs> that's, that's kind of how, how it, is. it is well you know all the best and uh you know yeah uh the uk is taking a slightly different uh approach um i'm not sure whether that's the right approach or not uh of course as is always the way with such things i've read experts saying you know uh the uk is doing it all wrong and i've said uh read several pieces by eminent virologists and epidemiologists saying there's nothing wrong with the uk's approach it's just a slightly different approach with the same end in mind but there we go uh only time will tell and because the truth is nobody knows everybody's just doing what they think is the best but anyway that's enough of that um so i just uh received a um couple of days ago a new beta build for pixelmator pro so um yeah let's let's start there shall we uh andreas what's you know what's on the cards with pixelmator pro well we've been working on uh over the last few updates before this one with on on some on some cool machine learning things and uh and things of that nature uh but with this one point update we we want to um take care of a few things that maybe aren't as uh groundbreaking technologically but uh but, but more about you know improving the the editing experience and so the things that we've added or we plan to add once we release 1.6 publicly uh is the new color picker so We've always, I mean, we love the the macOS colors window, 
Uh, it's great. It's, it's nice that you can have a consistent experience across different apps. But we've always felt that we can make uh, something that's more suited to image editing and an app like Pixmator Pro. So that's a really exciting thing that we've been working on for, for uh, a little while now. And some great quality of life things like the being able to drag to select multiple objects on the on the canvas, which is just like a really nice uh, feature you find in apps like Keynote and stuff that people are used to. Uh, there's performance improvements that everyone loves, uh, I think. And there are also things like the um, replace missing fonts feature, which is nice uh, when you open up a file where you no longer have the font or someone else has a, has a font that you don't have, you'll, you'll be able to see and replace uh, the fonts. So that's like the, the main stuff that, that we'll be adding. And I think all those things are kind of uh, designed to make the whole experience of using the app nicer and better, which is, we love doing that. That's, the, you know, that's one of the, 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 the most fun things to, to work on. Just, just stuff that I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, um, every app is a, you know, a, a never finished task, isn't it? Because there's always, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no matter how perfect you think it is, you can always think of something else to add or something to tweak or something to make go faster. Um, obviously, one of the big features in in the latest Pixelmator Pro is the um, like super resolution, the machine learning enhancement. Yeah, that was yeah one of the previous updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was. Very cool. Yes, it is very cool. Did, would you like to tell us a bit about that? I mean, it's um. Yeah, so that was in the, we re, so that's uh, that was released. I think uh, one point five four, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, when I when I mentioned that we've been working on all these very cool machine learning things, that was probably the one that caught people's eye the most and is the most kind of mind blowing. Uh, so what it does is basically, if you've seen any kind of cheesy police show where somebody says, zooms in on part of an image and goes, enhance. Yeah, zoom and enhance. That's what it does, basically. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much uh, the TV trope has become a reality, uh, thanks to machine learning. So what we've done is, if, you wanna, if you've got like a, a low-resolution photo, you just uh, use the ML super-resolution feature, and it scales it up without the classic blurriness or pixelation. Uh, and it really does, does actually work. <laughs> I've, I've tried it, I've tested it, and I'm a believer. Uh, yeah, so the, I mean, there must have been a lot of very clever, um, you know, technology behind making that work, Andreas. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we've got we've got some some very very clever machine learning scientists <laughs> working for us, I say, I and the things they do, the things they do, I don't understand very well. <laughs> no, but, I was going to uh, say, I have absolutely no idea how they manage that, but um, the the results. It's are... just it's basically yeah, it's it's some, basically some very high level maths. Um, and that's that's about as far as I can. Uh, yeah, can I was going to say my my grasp of that is usually um, you know because obviously uh, traditionally if you want to scale an image up in Pixelmator or or any other image app you you kind of go into the image size don't you and you say all right well I I want to make this you know twice the size and double the resolution and and you get a kind of you know a selection of usually you get a selection of options you know by cubic uh, you know. Um, by, yeah, by linear, by, linear, by cubic, uh, you know, yeah, yeah nearest neighbor, so sharp edges, smoother enlargement, you know, sharper yeah. reduction, whatever. Um, and and those are, tend to be all right up to a point. Um, but you know, they're never they're never fabulous. You can, you know, they tend to leave artifacts. Um, that's because they're very basic. I mean, basically, they just usually they copy the like they either copy the color in 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 the case of nearest neighbor, they copy the color of the nearest pixel. Uh, in bilinear, they, they try and kind of create this um, smooth transition between colors, but that ends up 
introducing blurriness and stuff. So this is, I mean, this is a lot more intelligent in that sense. It actually, it tries to identify, or it doesn't try to, it does identify the content of the image itself, finds edges, finds gradients, finds certain patterns, and actually creates uh, a representation, I've been told, uh, of the image that's over 100 channels deep. So each channel is like a level of detail uh, or some sort of, you know, texture or edge in the image, um, and then upscales sort of individually and then combines the image again and that's that's kind of how the magic happens and this this kind of stuff has only become possible in the last couple of years just because of the amount of sheer processing power mm. that, that i mean i remember um many years ago there used to be um an application you could buy uh i can't remember if it was a standalone or if it was a plug-in for photoshop now, but it, it um purported to uh, allow you to scale up images you know a, a great deal um particularly used by people who did things like making um posters and so on um and it used some kind of fractal algorithm um but if you took a decent sized image and said oh, i want to scale this up to you know like 10 times the size you could go away and make a cup of tea and have a cheese sandwich and come back again and it would still be processing i mean the results yeah. were, were pretty good don't get me wrong it, it it produced pretty good images but um and i don't know how that worked uh, obviously yeah by looking for fractals i guess uh, uh, as the name suggested but that would even on a powerful mac back then that would take considerable amount of time to do um and you know i i found even on my not particularly new uh macbook pro you know you can turn on you can turn on the uh, the super enhance and all right it's not not instant uh certainly not on my machine but it, it it's not <laughs> it's not like go away and make a cup of tea time it's you watch the watch the watch go around for you know, a short time and there it is so it, it is actually very very clever and obviously the power of the modern processors has you know allowed that to be so um so Oh, and, and the other thing I was going to say to you, uh, do you remember last time you came on, I said I, I really wasn't keen on the... Um, yeah, I do remember that very well, yeah. <laughs> on, on the layout. Um, I have to say, I've become used to it now. Actually, um, possibly, of course, because you're not the only people who have adopted that. Um, it seems to have become um, very much the, the layout of choice. So um, I've kind of got used to it now. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I mean, withdraw. I withdraw my previous <laughs> comments. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I think I think I always kind of uh, was of the opinion that things like the, the the layout is a lot of the time is just about familiarity. Because the point, I mean, in terms of like interface design, my view is that um, you know you've got the you've always got the 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 fight between showing off as many options as possible uh, to make things easier to use because everything is like one click away and then hiding things to make it easier to understand but more difficult to use. So that's always going to be like, I think. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is in interface design, that is very much the kind of uh, endless battle. How, you know, how much do you surface and do you have, you know, I mean, some apps obviously have gone for various modes where, you know, you can have editing modes or painting modes or um, whatever, you know, and they surface particular groups of tools. Um, and, and that's one way. And then, you, you know, yeah, it, it, with everything. And the more yeah. complicated your app, and let's face it, photo editors are probably some of the more complicated applications out there with a lot of sure. tools. Um yeah, absolutely. But I think I think what I was going to say was beyond that, beyond like you know surfacing options. I think you, 
you know, having the layers, for example, on the left or the right, I think that's just more a matter of, of, of being used to it. Um, and, and again, there's something to be said for that. If everyone's doing it one way and you're doing it the other way, just, just for, you know, for no reason other than to be different, obviously that's not a great, um, a great sort of reason to do that. But I think, I think when we started working on Pixelmator Pro, uh, I think wanting it to be a very Mac native app it just made sense to have have things organized that way just like just like apps you know yeah and you know it has i think it has very much become the kind of um default style now um and i guess for many years you know most apps or a large number of apps for a long time you know were influenced by the kind of adobe style which is you know a floating toolbox preferably on the you know on the left hand side and um you know floating dialogues for all your tools um and and that it took a while for people particularly people like me who've been <laughs> doing these things for a long time who just some of it is just habit i guess it's just a, a matter of getting used yeah, to it. Happens, and um as i say you know more and more apps seem to have gone over to putting the tools on the right hand side um and once you get used to it, of course, and some of it's muscle memory, I guess. You just uh, absolutely. You know, it, but I'm very glad to hear that you've uh, you've managed to get used. Yeah, to I've it. got used to it. No, it you know, it, it, and it and it works. You know, it does work well. And as you say, it is uh, to some extent reminiscent of you know, it, it, the photo app or Keynote or you know Apple's own style. So uh, it, it doesn't take that long to get used to. I, I guess shock of the new originally. <laughs> Yeah. But for anyone who's uh, who's worried, we are still considering and uh you could say planning to uh you know add customization to Pixmator Pro. So it's it's very possible and likely that in the future you'll be able to move things around and, and uh get them placed the way you want them to. Oh, well, so. you know, that's nice to hear as well, of course, because um although I have got used to it, I must admit I still find the layers on the on the left a little bit um a little bit odd. So but, uh, uh, no, so I think it, you know, uh, there will be an update for you coming up in the future nondescript time period. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask you to commit to anything, Andreas. Um, right. So there we go. Um, lots of you know enhancements, improvements. Um, in Pixelmator Pro, as I say, I'm on the latest beta that uh, came out. I don't know a couple of days ago, and that's um, what yeah. number is that? What build is that? Uh, 1.6, 1. 1. yeah, 1.6, uh, Magenta. Codename Magenta. Codename yeah. Magenta, there we go. Um, of course, that's not your, um, you know, your your only tool. Um, you introduced, uh, not too long ago, Pixelmator Photo for, uh, for yeah. the iPad, or, or is that iOS, or is it just, uh, just the iPad? That's iPad, iPad. For now, it's iPad only. So, yeah, yeah we... we... That was a. I don't know. I think I did. I did touch upon this in in a, in a previous uh, episode of the podcast that we we kind of wanted to bring Pixelmator Pro to the iPad, but uh, in in developing or attempting to develop it, we found that maybe maybe there's a there's a there's an app from the tools that we have in Pixelmator Pro that would be amazing and fun to use as a photo editor. If we just took out the layers, optimized the workflow for photo editing. And that was how Pixelmator Photo was born, and now it's uh, it's almost a year. I think is it a year old? Um, I think it must be yeah. around, around a year old. I was going to say, I think maybe the last time you came on, it was either just launched or about to launch. I can't I can't recall now. But um, yeah, I think something like that. And then and then uh, we won the Apple Design Award. I was going to say it. you won <laughs> you won a very prestigious award for it. Um, you know, which is uh, has to be very you know um, pleasing for you. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially because uh, not many companies managed to win two Apple Design Awards. <laughs> so, uh, so that's another humble brag. Indeed, there. indeed. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. If you got it, shout it. You know. Yeah, but it was honestly, it was really, it was really great. Uh, we went, uh, we went down to WWDC. Didn't really know, you know, we weren't expecting anything, and uh, and and to, to to get the award for for the app again for. A lot of it was for the, I think, for the machine learning aspects of it, because that's kind of what we were pushing in terms of the technology at the time, um, that, you know, Core ML. And, and yeah, it's pretty, really great. So that was, that's Pixelmator Photo, um, about a year old now, also working on a major update for it. Also released a, a beta version of it, actually, very recently on the same oh, right. day. Okay, so there you go. Um, and if, if people, um, you know, if listeners wanted to get in on the beta, can they still do that? Can they still apply? They absolutely can. They absolutely can. Uh, I think, I think that we, for the iOS apps, so Pixmeter Photo on iPad and Pixmeter for iOS, um, we use Test Flight and all the beta spots are full that we kind of, um, that we open up for, for people to sign up freely. But anyone who really wants to test out the apps, we're more than happy to add them on. It's just that we don't want to have like all the people signing up who don't really, who are just kind of only barely interested in testing the app and, and manage to, you know, because uh, there are a limited amount of spots. Yeah, sure. But for anyone who's, who's super keen and who takes the time to email us, I am always more than happy to add them on to the beta versions. And the email is beta at pixelmator.com. Just let us know which apps you want to test, and I'll be more than happy to to add you to any of the pages. There we go. So, um, and uh, obviously, other than um, the fact that you are constantly working on all of uh, your apps, have you got anything else in the pipeline that you might be able to give us a hint about, or is it? Uh, uh, are you? Yeah. So I was actually also going to mention the original Pixelmator for iOS, which was released uh, released as a sort of well editor for iPad, but also companion app to the original Pixelmator. We actually, after a two and a half year break, are planning to release a major update to that, um, which is pretty big news. Lots of people are very excited because lots of people still really, really love using the app, even though it has received maybe less attention than we'd have liked to have given it. But we've actually, we are working on a major update for that as well and and just released. So on, on Thursday last week, uh, this week, uh, we released beta previews of each major update, including Pixmania for iOS. Uh, and we're adding, moving from the sort of custom document browser gallery to using the files-based one, which I think everyone is, is, is very uh, pleased to see because, again, we're all about native uh, design using as much of, of the native technologies as possible and that's that's kind of the big step and and the plan is eventually to to sort of incrementally update pixelmator for ios to be compatible with pixelmator pro and maybe even turn it into pixelmator pro eventually so that's a pretty big news excellent. as well. well there we go uh, that's that yeah wow <laughs> excellent news for a, a lot of people i should think um definitely oh well, I, I look forward to that i do i do look forward to that i'm not an ipad user myself but um no doubt people will tell me what they think as it uh, as it goes along um right well um shall we uh stop for five minutes and get a cup of tea andreas and then um we'll come let's, back and we'll talk about the other fast. stories yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> And 
we're back with new beverages in hand. Uh, well, Andreas, obviously you mentioned going to WWDC to, uh, you know, pick up your uh, design award. Um, Apple have uh, probably not surprisingly um, now announced that WWDC 2020 uh, will be in June, but it will be an quote unquote all new online format. Um, and in the break, we were saying that, uh, you know, that felt very much like Apple making the best of a bad situation, um, a distinctly Apple way. Way to view, uh, you know, events. Um, not a big surprise, I don't suppose. Um, for a start, Santa Clara, I believe, you know, uh, kind of said there should be no large-scale gatherings. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, what what do we what do we think about that? What do you think about that, Andrew? Yeah, I think uh, as as I mentioned, I think that's a very kind of Apple way of just focusing on on the good side of things. I think it's a great approach. You know, in my mind, I think uh, it's obviously. I guess lucky for them in, in in the sense that it's it's the kind of event that you can hold digitally. I mean, you know, prior to us going there last year, I'd spent, you know, the last four, five years maybe, you know, catching the all the all the uh well the the keynote speech online and catching up on the on the you know, certain videos from certain um workshops and stuff online as well. So I think I think, you know, it's 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 always had like a lot of a big online aspect to it. So with the current you know, global situation, it's definitely, um, you know, I think it's a great call for them. And I think uh, if anybody can do it and do it well, I think I think it's the, the clever folks at Apple. So I'm, I'm excited to see what what what, what the uh, event will have. And I think it might, if it's you know interactive, I think that might make it even better than it's been previously. So yeah, yeah great. I, I think yeah, like you, I mean, um, I've got a link here from Apple themselves, obviously describing it, and um, of course we've said it on this show and everybody else has said it you know if there's a if there's a kind of event that can go virtual wwdc or you know the google io or or the microsoft build conference those are very much the sort of things which which can and of course only a very limited number of people could get to wwdc you know you had to enter a lottery in order to spend a lot of money to go there um and most of it was available um, online anyway, because otherwise the, the number of developers who'd be able to get involved with their workshops would be tiny. Um, so I guess now, yeah, they're making, um, you know, virtue from necessity, really. Um, and like you, I'd be quite interested to uh, see how that pans out. Uh, I think, um, I, I think like you, if if anyone can pull it off and make a good job of it, it's Apple. Um, and we just hope to uh, hope that we have some interesting content to go with it. Um, I've got another story here because uh, you know, as is the way, the moment that uh, they sent out the announcement, uh, you know how people love to kind of try and decrypt the WWDC invitations. Um. And with good reason, because every every year there's always something that's uh, you know they yep. always encode a message. So I think yeah, I think yeah, I think that's another clever bit of marketing from it Apple. is. There's, you know, and it, it gets all sorts of speculation, and uh, yeah, often there is a clue uh, hidden in the in the uh, in the in the advertising or the tickets or whatever. Um, digital trends immediately uh, jumped on the uh, the image for the you know WWDC uh, 2020 and said Apple have just dropped a huge hint that the ARM MacBook may be announced at WWDC. Um, I'm not sure I 100% go with the uh, idea that the ARM MacBook might be announced. I mean, it could be, it could be, um, but 
Uh, yeah, but several other people have definitely uh, sort of said the the image for this WWDC certainly implies that it's going to be all about the Mac. Um, and that I did think, because uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, the, the image is basically the lid of a MacBook, um, you know, a silver grey metallic background with the shiny uh, Apple logo, metallic Apple logo in the centre. And it has some stickers on it and it has on it um, uh, obviously a WWDC sticker, a 2020 sticker. And in the top left hand corner, a hello sticker. Um, basically, digital trends are predicting from the word hello in the scripty typeface as used on the original Macintosh and uh, for hello again on the launch of the iMac. That this, uh, you know, means they're going to launch some new Macintosh, um, which digital trends, of course, are saying is going to be um, an ARM MacBook. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> speculation on this has been rife, Andreas, uh, of course, um, and we we even had a whole show which we simply called uh, Rampant Speculation on the grounds that, <laughs> you know, it, it's, um, everybody was talking about it um, and nobody's got any real firm evidence for any of it other than uh, Ming-Chi Kuo and his famous rumours. Um, just out of interest, what's, what's your take on it? How likely do you think an ARM Mac is? I think, I mean, uh, eventually I think they are coming, it's clear. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, WWDC is usually doesn't have major hardware announcements. It has had them in the past, for sure. But I think on the whole, people get like hyped up about WWDC bringing, I don't know, a new iPhone, a new iPad, a new MacBook. And every year after the event, every, people the, those people are disappointed. And then every year they get reminded, wait for the you know, yeah, September wait for events. September. Wait the, for, um, yeah, wait for September. Yeah, of course, yeah. the counter to that, of course, is um, Steve did famously um, announce the change to Intel at WWDC, which, um, you know, I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to release an ARM MacBook, but if they were going to go with some ARM Macs, I guess WWDC is where you would be you know, announcing that um, to developers. Yeah, for sure. They could definitely hint at it. They could definitely, like, reveal that it's um, coming. I don't think it'll be the kind of, you know, here, here's what we're working on. Here's a new MacBook available, you know, yeah, to yeah. order in two weeks or whatever. I'm not, you know, that's that, that's unlike very but, much so. You know, who, who knows? knows? But I, I think I'm with you on that. Um, I mean, at a physical WWDC, you, you know, that's the time where occasionally you would say, oh, well, you know, we're releasing a new, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever, uh, new Intel machines, um, and they were kind of like everybody here is going to get given a. <laughs> an Intel laptop or whatever to take away with them. Um and especially with the little disruption to, to the to the manufacturing in China because of because of COVID nineteen, I think like that would have an effect. And I think I don't think they'd be planning for that. I think what you know best case scenario they're planning for is just yeah, you know, talking about software as usual, maybe focusing on the Mac because it hasn't had, I guess, as much attention, um, especially with the the iOS, iPadOS announcement last year. So I think, yeah, I think I think it's probably likely that we'll just get a more software orientated WWDC. As I, usual. Yes, I, I very much, I, I very much think so. And I think digital trends might be clutching at straw there, but you know, we never know. Um, 
And that's why it's always exciting. That's to, why it's. <laughs> that's why, yeah, yeah. That's why the criminal, criminology of the uh, uh, you know the WWDC uh, invite uh, exercises so many people uh, <laughs> for so long before it comes. Um, I I for a long time wavered backwards and forwards between you know there would no there will be no ARM Max to ARM Max make total sense. I'm now bizarrely caught in the middle where I think it's a possibility that um apple might even consider um having a range of arm uh laptops and um intel machines that doesn't seem a very apple thing to do but then again apple you know apple is not a company run from a garage anymore so um it becomes very difficult to know what they're doing there we are um as an aside um by the way apple has announced it will commit one million dollars to the local san jose uh organizations to offset the associated revenue loss as a result of WWDC 2020's online format, which, um, you know, some people are sneering at and saying it's, you know, pocket change. But um, I think it's decent of them enough to at least uh, recognise that uh, San Jose as a city is going to take a financial hit as a result of this. So um, I think... Yeah, I think that's great. I don't think I've heard any other similar... I mean, you know, plenty of events have been cancelled again, like the Geneva car show, um, E3 was cancelled. Yeah, E3 was cancelled. Um, I mean, uh, mobile, well, um, started, yeah. I think Mobile World mm. Conference was the first one to go down. That went down by kind of death of a thousand cuts as people pulled out. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, conferences are... I'm not sure if there's been any kind of compensation in those. Maybe there has, but I think, yeah, sure. It's, it's I think Apple, again, uh, weren't they also one of the first ones to, to sort of um, say they'll compensate the hourly workers? Yeah. Uh, you know, when when the stores close, yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of it's it's what they do. It's one of the it's one of the you know great aspects of the company. Again, maybe, maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid, buying all the all the kind of you know uh, marketing again. But I think I think you know from a personal view, I've met people at Apple, and I think there really are really some really great people there. So I think I think uh, I wouldn't sneer at one million dollars, no. and hopefully the, the, the San Jose organizations. Well, no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they're not going to. I'm pretty sure they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them there on that one. Um, and I just, yeah. you know, Apple aren't really obliged to do anything. I think there's just a, a no. you know, a decent goodwill gesture to say, well, you know, because obviously restaurants and hotels and and you know all the kind of associated infrastructure will take a take a hit from that. Um, there we go. Um, the other thing that's come out this week for for Apple is um. Nine to Five Mac uh, have leaked what is allegedly um, information from iOS 14, which of course is not yet even in um, developer beta. So um, if if this is true, somebody somewhere has been very naughty, and if they get caught, well, their head will probably roll. Um, apparently, according to some of the code they've discovered, um, there may be a new home screen list view option with Siri suggestions and more. Um, there was a lot more stuff if you follow the 9 to 5 Mac link. Uh, there's talk about AR applications and, you know, um, the air tile, air tags, the tile type things and uh, various other things. Um, I thought the the um, list view option um, sounded quite feasible, I have to say, um, because they added a, a list view option to the watch didn't they, um, which allows you to you know, scroll through the applications on your watch rather than using the honeycomb. Um, yeah, that's what I'm using. I'm using the list on my Apple Watch. Definitely yeah. Prefer it. Although I usually have my home screens 
set up to you know to have all the apps that i usually have to open so yeah but uh but it makes sense for sure i could yeah. see that i could see oh. that you know um they're not saying that the you know the traditional uh grid of icons is going away merely that you'll be able to possibly swipe to the side and have or you know or possibly have a, a toggle i mean if this is ios 14 code it must be relatively early stage um because what beta one probably won't come out until what after wwdc yeah i think it's usually released them i think then they released the first the very first developer beta on the day they announced them during the probably keynote. probably so um, i remember i remember last year actually was they released the, the ipad os beta but you had to download xcode and install the developer of um beta using xcode so that people didn't jump on the developer pages as they always do and then start complaining that something's not working yeah. so i remember that yeah it's definitely it's definitely on the day of the wwc uh of the of the keynote at wwc yeah. that will, um, so that, yeah, that kind yeah. of makes sense doesn't it so um you know what whatever code they've got hold of is must be pretty early i mean it's still a fair while until we get to june so uh there we are um but if you're i guess if you are leaked from somebody i mean usually i mean sometimes sometimes that stuff does get i guess leaked out but uh even so I, I can imagine this kind of rumor not even materializing because um, it could just be like they could be trialing the design. I'm actually I'm not sure how exactly it works at a company. Maybe maybe if there are programming things, it's probably approved and, and stuff. But I could even imagine something like that. Not well, I mean, it could period. still it, just because it's in an early build doesn't you know? Let's face yeah. it, in the betas sometimes things uh, you know are in and then out again for whatever reason. Um, I mean, they pulled things like uh, last year, didn't they? They pulled things like shareable folders. Um, yeah, because it just didn't. You know, they yeah, weren't. Didn't they didn't working. think they were ready for prime time, so they were in the beta builds, and then they got pulled, like you know, fairly near the end. So, um, I, you know, this it, it's a possibility. And if they've got a leak, uh, there's nothing to say that that's not being tested. But as you say, Andreas, they could uh, Apple could you know get further on and go, no, we don't like it, you know, or we don't or it's not working yeah or we don't feel it's ios enough or you know we we don't want to you know distract people from our iconic uh layout of icons or whatever so uh but there we go there's some interesting um let's put them on the level of slightly stronger than rumors um leaked by nine to five mac and if you see other stories around the web uh spouting about what's in ios 14 they're almost all uh taken from that as far as i can tell because it's nine to five mac who've got the leak um and nobody else but they've been pretty good with the leaks to be fair to them they've been pretty good to the leaks. yes uh with they the do the they do seem to uh you know the last couple of times they do seem to have some um some moles somewhere deep in the chain where they, they have some inside info i'm sure it looks like yeah, yeah definitely yeah. um which is you know possibly a risky game you get caught they'll never speak to apple again oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there we are um and apparently um walmart have uh, been uh, placing the new Powerbeats 4 on their shelves um, ahead of their official announcement. Um, again, this is <laughs> 95 Mac. Um, apparently, a reader sent them a picture. Um, new Powerbeats 4 uh, no, uh, earphones have been rumoured for some time. Um, 95 Mac have a photograph of said uh, Powerbeats 4 on the shelf in Walmart um, before they've been officially announced. So, there we go. <laughs> Someone might be getting a slapped wrist over that one. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I can see the, the tweet now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting time to release a new product as yep. well. 
there we go. Um, well, we've been going a little while now, Andreas, so we'll just skim over the last few. Uh, Bill Gates has apparently stepped down from the Microsoft board after 45 uh, years at the company. Um, nothing particularly stunning about that, uh, other than the fact that it's Bill Gates and he's stepping yeah. away from Microsoft altogether. Um, I'm surprised he was on the board. It's like I, haven't, I don't know how much he was. He, he, how much he was involved. In the I don't think he's been really involved in it uh, very much at all. I mean, when he yeah. stepped down as CEO, I think he, I think he was chairman of the board. But yeah. I, I think that was more of a, um, I think that was more of a kind of uh, honorary title or a, you know, recognition rather than when he stepped down from the CEO, just saying, oh well, thanks, Bill, off you go. Um, so technically, he was a member of the board, um, uh, and we all know he spends all his time working on the Bill and Melinda, um, you know, foundation. Um, sure, sure, exactly. That's, that's that's all I've been hearing about. Yes, him that's all, all you hear. Or, I, I think yeah. he, I think his position on the board was more of a, you know, uh, well, yeah, more of an honorary position than day to day. So he has stepped down. There we go. So there's not anything, yeah, okay. not anything particularly uh, stunning in that. Um, there we are. Um, no doubt, in order to focus yet more time on his charitable foundation. Um, good on him. Good for him. Um, apparently, Microsoft has taken down a global zombie bot network. This was on the BBC. Um, again, good for them. Well done, Microsoft. Um, Cheers, Microsoft. Yeah, well, you know, good for everybody. Uh, Microsoft said it was part of a team which dismantled an international network of zombie bots. Um, the network, which was called Netcurs, uh, infected over 9 million computers and was one of the largest world's largest botnets um, and was responsible for multiple criminal scams, including stealing personal information and sending fake pharmaceutical emails. So we all know which ones those are. I don't know. They're the ones that they buy cheap um, willy stiffening products. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, well done, Microsoft. Good, good on you. Um, not a lot to say about that other than well done. That makes everybody a little bit safer. Um, and uh, while we were talking, obviously, about the coronavirus, uh, I think uh, somebody sent this one to me. I forget who. Um, might have been just too late for last week's show. Um, you can lend your spare Mac CPU time to help scientists uh, study the novel <coughs> coronavirus, uh, fighting disease with a worldwide distributed supercomputer. Um, this is Folding at Home, um, who in the past have been involved with things like SETI, which is now closed down, um, and do various other, you know, research projects. Uh, if you're interested in uh, lending some of your Mac CPU time to help scientists um, unravel secrets of things like the novel coronavirus or other things like proteins and uh, other complex um research projects you can go over to holdingathome.org and uh, see how you can sign up to help if that's your thing um there we are not a bad thing to be doing i guess if you're uh have your mac sitting around idle there we are yeah i'll, I'll check that out for sure um yeah it's a simple i believe it's a simple app that you download um and effectively what it does is uh when your mac is idle you know, tells tells the folding at home 
group that your uh, Mac CPU is available to, you know, perform operations on their behalf. Um, there we go. Um, couple of security and privacy stories to wrap up. Uh, these are both from Dougie. Um, Dougie has sent me a link to uh, a piece by the uh, an interview with the developer of the Checkmate uh, jailbreak for iOS, um, which ex- explains it's a few months old because it's from when he released it. Um, it explains why the uh, jailbreak exploit is a game changer. It's from Ars Technica. If you're interested in those sort of things, um, there's a link. And um, apparently Luca Todesco uh, has been tweeting about a check rain hack on T2 equipped MacBook Pro's touch bar, um, which is an interesting read. Um, that's a little bit concerning because T2 obviously, uh, you know, controls security, but it's still um, clever work. Uh, there we go. And um, according to Gizmodo here, at least 20 VPN and ad blocking apps with up to 35 million downloads actually monitored the user's phones. Um, link to that. Uh, all we have to say about that, of course, is, you know, be careful what you download, people. And uh, if you're going to buy um, buy or download VPNs or ad blocking apps, check they are, you know, uh, reliable and responsible companies and not basically stealing your data. Um, there we are. Uh, if anybody's interested in music, um, the Korg, I can't even pronounce that, Cassilator, the Korg Cassilator, um, which is a, um, you know, uh, a synth app for Android and iOS, has been made available for free. Um, link to Synth Anatomy uh, here with the story and a link to the App Store. Um, basically, this this app is a you know a Korg synthesizer uh, app slash um, toy. Um, normally, it's about eighteen pounds, but uh, they're making it free for uh, a, a limited period uh, for people who are in coronavirus lockdown, so they can have luck. So there you go. Thank you to Korg. If anybody's interested, uh, follow the link and you can download that and play with it. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, just a snippet. Uh, Proton, Proton Mail and Proton VPN have switched to working from home due to COVID-19, along with lots of other people, by the way. I just have to mention that. Um, and Clicks and Ghostry have also tweeted they are switching to working from home um, and say, stay safe, wash your hands and be a role model. Um, there's nothing particularly special in that. Of course, lots of people are working from home. But next week, I should have Pete Knowlton of Ghostry uh, back on the show. And he's going to tell us what's been going on with Ghostry, uh, Midnight and their other uh, programs. And uh, he can tell us what a week at home has been like for him. So uh, we look forward to that. And uh, I think that's probably about it, Andreas. So uh, thank you for coming on the show and talking to us. Uh, would you like to tell all the listeners where, you know, you and uh, Pixelmator can be found around the interwebs? Uh, yeah, so you can find us on Twitter. The the main thing you want to follow is a Pixelmator account. I usually just uh, retweet our tweets. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email uh, email if you want to. You can email me, Andreas G at pixelmator.com If you've got any questions about anything, uh, I'd love it if uh, anyone on the show would come visit the forum where we are fairly active in discussing Pixelmator and imaging. And uh, yeah, and I'll and I'll. It's been a pleasure being on the show. Thanks again for having me. And uh, I'd be happy to come back anytime. 
Not a problem. Not a problem. And I'm sure we will have you back on, you know, uh, after a suitable period and you have some more news to tell us. So um, that is it. I think we're going to wrap the show up. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports the show, uh, you know, writes reviews, uh, retweets our stuff, uh, batters their friends endlessly until they give in and listen. Um, all that sort of thing. Um, if you want to buy stuff from Amazon, don't forget we have an affiliate link which gives us a few pennies. Um, you can donate by Patreon. You can donate by the Pinecast Tips Jar. And uh, I think that's about it. Don't forget you can join the Slack by following the link in the show notes. You can also join Mac Jim's Essential Apple Family Friendly Flickr group from the uh, link in the show notes. And uh, I think until next time, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello and good evening. This is Gaz for the MyMac podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality, downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, old bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for MyMac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. 
Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. Yeah, that would explain why he was doubled over at the time. The MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a cuppa. again another time. Until then, goodbye. <laughs> COVID-19, all the news is COVID-19. Anyway. That's what I've been yeah, focusing on really yeah. over the last uh, couple of weeks, to be honest. It's, um, I don't, yeah, Pretty I mean, if, yeah, it's, it's a bit, um, it's a bit worrying, that's for sure. It's, it's, it's worrying. I mean, at the end of the day, most people are going to be fine, whatever happens, which is, I guess, uh, reassuring in a sense. But, yeah. uh, but, but the fact that we've never really had something like this, at least, you know, in the, in the last, I don't know, 100 years or so, is definitely, um, and not, not in the age of mass media. Uh, so that's definitely an interesting, interesting development. I mean, I mean, Lithuania's closed its borders, as I think it's already closed them now, and from tomorrow we're going into a step quarantine. So all non-essential shops and stuff are closing, um, and we've only had nine, uh, twelve now cases. So, but it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, <laughs> may you live in interesting times, as the Chinese yeah, like to say. Yeah, yeah. it's um, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I mean. The UK government are taking a slightly different approach. Yes, um, I have, I have, I have noticed. It's, they've. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> it's. I. I don't know because. Um. Obviously, I've seen some pieces by. Um. Epidemiologists and virologists, several yeah. who, several whom have have said that there's nothing actually wrong with the UK's approach, but that it's a slightly higher risk strategy. If it goes wrong, it could go yeah. terribly yeah. wrong. If it yeah. if yeah. it works, it, it could be you know equally as effective. Um, I think particularly in this country, I can see what they're worried about because the way uh, the British psyche tends to be, if they go into lockdown too early, there'll be people who are saying it's a load of fuss about nothing and then they won't do it mm. and they'll yeah. break it and then that effectively won't work. Um, yeah, understandably. Yeah. But it's kind yeah. of... <laughs> It's still kind of concerning. It's like I don't, and and of course nobody really knows. All we keep hearing from everybody is, well, maybe this is the best thing, and maybe that is the best thing, and whatever one yeah, person I mean, says, somebody else says different. And it's like, oh, chaos. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think I guess the good thing is it's not like something like you know fifty percent mortality where no, exactly. <laughs> so that's not, all good. No, that's all right. it's you know. Um, but. And of course, but it's still bad. It's still bad. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, everybody now is effectively trying to manage it 
to you know so that the health services don't get overwhelmed so that those yeah. who do need medical attention can get it it's, um, yeah 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 there we go i suppose one of the one of the few good things is it doesn't seem to affect children very much so yeah 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 um we don't have to worry too much about young children that's something anyway yeah, and i think i think also another another fairly fairly uh good thing is that you know at least for now, China's managed to get it locked down. Like, I mean, the, the spread has practically stopped and they've had 80,000 cases in one, you know, one region. So though things look a little bit scary in Italy and in places like France and Germany and obviously the UK as well now a little while, and the US, like the Chinese, I guess, had more on their hands in terms of cases and they've managed to stop the spread, which might be a good thing. It might not be a good thing if it comes back, you know, once everyone leaves yeah. the quarantine. But but still, I mean, that that provides some sort of... Uh, at, least it, at least it proves it can be, you know, brought under control. Yeah, if you take appropriate... Uh, measures, yeah. Measures, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, we could talk about it, uh, Andreas, but not, you know, I don't really want it to be the focus, but you kind of can't get yeah. away from it. Yeah, <laughs> Everywhere, like everywhere, I, like this is a, often a tangent, but I, I'm, I've, got, I've like uh, got this membership on this uh, music like guitar learning website, and this guy, this like bluegrass guitarist, um, he just basically just like online lessons and and gives you feedback and stuff, and like the latest, he's put out like a video, like a vlog in the middle of the month, which he never usually does, because it's usually like start of the month with his wife, who's a nurse, talking about what you can do to stay safe, nothing about music at all. Like, it's just like, you can't everywhere, <laughs> everywhere you look. Like, I don't know, the Joe Rogan uh, podcast had this, uh, had that guy on uh, a few days ago, uh, talking about it. So everywhere, everywhere you look, it's that's all you, all you see. Because, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never, you know, nothing like this has happened in my lifetime, of course. Cause, no, I mean, no, not at closed, all. You know, flights grounded, economy. We crashing had, you could say yeah yeah i mean we've had i mean we had bird flu we had swine flu yeah um which were bad enough yeah. but yeah none, none of them like have um you know and we had um we had the uh i, honestly, I barely there, remember really. swine flu. yeah yeah but yeah I, I i'm not quite sure why they're taking this one so much more seriously um well i think it's the it's the like more the case fatality rate like i mean italy now is like a seven percent like uh you know mortality obviously like lots of people are going undetected but at the same time i think i think it's just that much more deadly and fast spreading yeah it's taken like you know, a couple of, couple of weeks to get like yeah and and probably it does have something to do with the fact that there's like 24 hour coverage and live blogs and like you know counters yeah. that keep coming up you click, know click, by click, the click. minute yeah yeah that's that has an effect as well that is true and uh good luck with all the COVID nineteen business. I hope. I hope the the UK's plan does work out. I well, think, yeah. Uh, so do don't we all? Um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I have to admit that I've I've no idea. There are some some of the pieces I I read by um one was by a, a you know professor of epidemiology who said as long as the UK government are flexible enough um you yeah. know he sees no reason it shouldn't work. It's a matter of time. It's all about timing. It's all about the timing. They're saying you know if you if you kind of go into lockdown too early, people will get bored of it and give up on it, and that could pan out terribly. Um, and if you're too late, then it's too late. <laughs> I don't think anybody's got any better idea than anybody else. Everybody's, it's just a matter of um, taking a best guess based on what your medical professionals are telling you, I think. So I think we're all just going yeah, yeah. to have to grit our teeth and hope, hope for the best. 